0: Welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed, providing expert support and advice across all your corporate finance, due diligence, tax and accounting needs. BDO have been a champion of our industry for many years and are really proud to support many of the best brands in hospitality. If you want to make sure your business is in the safest of hands financially, BDO would love to take you for a coffee to understand your business vision so that they can help you get there. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how BDO can help take your hospitality business to the top and please say that I sent you. Super Sonic! Super Sonic!
1: Super Sonic! Super Sonic!
0: Super Sonic.
1: Supersonic 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 supersonic
0: supersonic from supersonic Inc. This is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast, the rocket fuel podcast for food, drink and hospitality businesses everywhere. Listen up, tell all your friends and share with your colleagues. Every single episode is packed full of tips, tricks. And advice on how you can make your brand boom. So, today I'm back in the Fitzrovia studio. It's too hot to go anywhere. So, I've jumped in here, uh, one of the hottest days ever, really, in London, certainly in July. And I'm in a nice 16 degrees air conned studio. So, it's been lovely. But we've got a force of nature ahead uh, in terms of our guest today, really impressive human being, you know, incredible as a real champion for women in business, champion for the brand she works with, and just a champion for best practice in brand marketing, PR, digital, social, and everything that goes with it. I'm really in awe of this person. I was so glad to sit down with her properly and really just understand what makes her tick, what her background was, what she's doing now, some advice, and also what she's going to do in the future. My next guest today is Libby Andrews from Faux, and I just enjoyed her company so much. It was such a relaxed chat, very honest and you really got to hear from one of the top people in our industry exactly what's going on, exactly what she's thinking, and some great advice that I'm sure you could use in your business to help leapfrog your competitors. So it gives me the most fucking <laughs> pleasure ever. <laughs> Is it four or full? Uh,
1: Well, the... Restaurant is faux and the dish is pho ha. So either either way, you could say pho Okay, <laughs> yeah.
0: pho. Anyway, as you might have guessed, uh, in my company is the amazing Olivia Andres. Hello. Hello. Thank uh, you for having me. That's all right. I'm so glad you're here, and I was so glad you just were so direct and honest in the Instagram message and just going, <laughs> "Is this good fucking aircon or what?" Yeah.
1: what I mean? <laughs> how I'm to not doing the it. I'm not coming <laughs> I'm if not there's do- no aircon.
0: I don't care how popular you think you are, Mr. McCulloch. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not doing it. Um, so that was cool. Um, so. We have sort of, yeah, just sort of met briefly on occasion and all the rest of it. We've not spent too much time together or anything like that. But we kind of know of each other, I think. And uh, I really dig all the stuff that you do. I think you're, you know, the most accomplished marketer pretty much, I think, wow, in, 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 the, in, <laughs> in the sector. Um, not only that but you beat me to the prize yeah, at the RMI sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> you, you celebrated very well um, and, uh, and yes I'd just love to know about you and your story and your thoughts and your views and opinions on stuff that's going on and then hopefully what people will get out of this is just some really great knowledge about you, knowledge about uh, for the company as well, yeah. and the sort of vision there and everything. And then, yeah, just marketing tips of Google. Cool. Really. Let's that's do it. They're. So, <laughs> background stuff.
1: Yeah. So, obviously, I am not English. Mm-hmm. I am American. I'm from Florida. And uh, I've always, well, since I was little, I worked in hospitality. My first mm-hmm. job was in a restaurant. My parents work in hospitality. The area I'm from in Florida is very... Um, it's a tourism is the big industry right. there so anyway hospitality has always been my background mm-hmm.
0: um what types of restaurants
1: uh all kinds i mean from country club to hotel restaurant to uh-huh. just a cafe mom and pop cafe yep. kind of a thing and that was all you know working front of house kind mm-hmm. of a thing but when i moved to london i actually did an internship in london okay. um when i was still at uni and that was just sort of completely random ended up in a small agency in shoreditch called ing media Stayed with them, stayed on for a job, and uh, we didn't have any clients that were in food. I was doing PR for uh-huh. cashless payments all the way through to some wonderful architects and things. And I sat down with my boss and said, "I really don't like these clients. I don't. I want to <laughs> work on food and restaurants." And she was like, "Yeah, well, we don't have those clients. If oh. you want them, you have to go and get them." So I marched my way down to Leather Lane. Uh Uh, You might know of Daddy Donkey, the Mexican food truck. And they were my first ever food client. Um, I asked them if they needed PR. We did a bit of work together. And then from that sort of came... Actually, Stephen from Foe called my direct line and said, what you've done for Daddy Donkey, let's do that for Foe. So that then came about. And once I had a couple of clients, we built sort of the food and drink. um, Brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, and then I moved to New York for a couple of years, did the same thing, agency, Mm -hmm. food, PR, and a couple of different um, agencies there. And um, enjoy New York? I hated new york okay <laughs> uh i shouldn't say that it's uh, i i didn't like working in new york mm-hmm. um as much as i did london mm-hmm. um i had a great social life there i was 26 27 when i was living there all my friends were amazing and it was that sort of time where you just had no responsibilities yeah. really and it was wonderful i lived in brooklyn which was really cool, yeah, super cool yeah. so i love brooklyn i would say manhattan was not for me yeah um and the work was just intense man i mean you know, you're just chained to your desk. and
0: It feels harder in the States it they is, work you harder, I think.
1: especially, especially a place like New York City, I mm. think. Um, you know, I was like, where are all my holidays? I want to go back to Europe, you know. and uh, well, How many did you have? Was it like 10 days I think a officially only? like 10 or something like Jesus. that. But really the thinking is don't take them, you know, because if you do wow you might not have a job when you come back kind of a thing that's not everywhere it's not everywhere it's like a badge of honor yeah yeah yeah. to stay chained to your desk no matter what so i and i had experienced the work-life balance in the uk Mm -hmm. for five years and i so anyway although i loved working on my clients in new york and like i say brooklyn so cool actually towards the end of my time in new york i could have stayed in brooklyn for a lot longer um But I ended up coming back here and having a conversation with Stephen and Jules, who run Foe. Mm -hmm. At the time, they were beefing up their head office. Mm -hmm. And they offered me the job to come back in-house for... Do the marketing for Foe as we grew across the country. So,
0: And when was that?
1: That was about... I came back about six years ago. Okay. So I've been in-house with Foe for about six years now.
0: And were they... um, How how many sites by that
1: So when I met they were a client of mine the, uh, we had three restaurants uh-huh. so I opened four, five, six I think seven with them, moved uh-huh. back to New York when I came back we had nine restaurants and now we, have, we just opened 28 Jeez. in Portsmouth great, yeah, So Excellent. we'll hopefully have 30 restaurants by the end of the year and uh it's been great i've just it's been it still properly is a family-run business that you know we're working with the founders day to day and we're all a lot of us have been there since almost day one yeah um so as much as we drive each other other crazy it's 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 fun
0: well i think that's the nice thing if it is a family relationship so you will have bust ups, but you make up pretty fast and blood thicker than water and exactly we're sort of all
1: in this together and um it's been very rewarding to see our successes and and then when there are challenges we're all we all feel that. And so it's great to see how it's grown across the UK and see how people yeah. um uh, you know are accepting of it and excited about it mm-hmm. and it's a fun gig.
0: I think the nice thing as well is I think you've had such a steady growth which is so pleasing to see. Yeah because so many are just going bust by going gangbusters yeah. before well
1: you know i i tell a lot of um smaller operators this that are growing mm. um that kind of reach out and ask for advice and things there's a couple of years ago where we opened three sites within three months i think it was two or three years ago mm. uh, it, we opened reading then leicester then oxford and that was all i mean within three months and It was bad. I mean, we all, the team were just exhausted. We, it was like running around like crazy people. We just had this feeling Mm -hmm. this is not right. Mm -hmm. You know, um, this is not the right way of doing it. How are we going to, because you've got to keep tabs on all the sites. You've got to quality check. You know, you've got to, and also, I strongly believe when you're opening a restaurant, you have to stay there to make sure it's running well yeah, for yeah. quite a while before you can move on to the next thing. It's like and you a, can never fully move on. Well, it's sort of course, like a
0: nose job or something. I mean, you know, a skin graft or let something. It
1: heal. You got you, you got to watch that it's
0: all taken and everything's yeah. fine and you know, but just people are in it for the numbers. We've yeah. seen the casualties now. So well, you right know, thing. I think
1: I w- what's good is that we did that and we realized this is not mm-hmm. the way we're going to be doing it. Yep. Um not only does it not work because obviously um, you know the sales aren't there because we're we're admitting that we're messing things up. Mm-hmm. Our team we're just unhappy. Yeah, and so we we stopped that. And I think last year we actually only opened two restaurants mm-hmm. for the whole year. We're slowly getting back into it this year mm-hmm. um, with three, maybe four openings a year. But like you say, it's got to be slow and steady yeah. and calculated. Yeah, and uh, it's not all about the money because there is no money at the end of the day if they all have to close.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> and what about um, sort of you know, marketing education or style or any of these things. So was it a marketing thing at uni that you brought through or did you kind of learn as you went or how, how did I all did happen? I did a
1: PR degree uh-huh. at uni. Um, and this was in the UK or was uh, it? In the US, uh-huh. University of Florida. Uh-huh. Um, so I did, it was a public relations degree, very much communications journalism oriented. It was mm. just well before, PR had anything to do with social media, yeah. um, so very straightforward PR degree, and I started out in a, in a PR agency. Mm-hmm. But because of my clients at the time, it was like, okay, what's this Twitter thing? Should we, you know, it was like they didn't have any other agencies, yeah. they didn't have any other help, and I was young and and excitable at yeah. the time, so <laughs> I was like, I'll set up the Twitter account and I'll do the Facebook account, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So a lot of that has been learning as as mm-hmm. we grow, as it has been with everyone sure. with social media, um, and I think because. PR agencies are often hired to also do marketing, comms, all this yeah. other kind of stuff. I think I just naturally learned from other people from mm-hmm. from the industry, from the clients and just from doing it. Yeah. yeah. And I'm a total consumer of the industry yeah. as well, as yeah, you
0: know. Yeah. So No, he's super active in, in going out and I think that's pleasing to see as well cuz there's a lot of people that maybe just do it for the job or you know yeah. and, and, you know, but you're living and breathing it out there, are influencer in your own right and yeah. all these kind of things. And what about Faux in general then was was it the people that drew you to it first before the food group or the opportunity or
1: I think f- for probably the people would be the right answer in, mm-hmm. in the beginning Stephen and Juliet are amazing people they have complete I mean they're, they're the most honest people and humble people that I know mm-hmm. um, and are very smart I mean Stephen, they were not restaurateurs before they opened Faux and mm-hmm. they're um, some of the best that I know um, and I'm not just saying that because they're my bosses, yeah, although, yeah. and they won't even listen to this either because you know <laughs> they can't be bothered. Yeah, yeah. Um, They'll go. Oh, they just let me run around and Thanks, do my guys. thing. And they don't, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, they don't like to listen to yeah, anyone yeah. talk about them.
0: them. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. They, I'll, I'll tell them all humble. about it, but they don't like yeah, to. Yeah. yeah, Um But so it was the people first, I would say. Um, and then once. I really got into it i 'd say in house was when I really got mm-hmm. into no understanding the food that everything 's made fresh there 's no central kitchens mm-hmm. that you know if something is wrong, if you have one bad bite of one dish in a restaurant in Birmingham, we will fix it yeah um, and I think there 's a lot to be said for that it 's yeah. hard work but um, and then also, when I started working with them, we went to Vietnam together, and that 's probably when I completely just fell in love with yeah. the cuisine, the people. Um, and everything about it, really,
0: and with uh, you know Vietnamese food, etc., quite a education for a lot of people. Yes. yes. So, how have you went about trying to popularise that? You know, what is it? What stage is it at?
1: Well, it's interesting because Wagamama have certainly helped lead the way in Mm. a big way obviously it's it's not they're not doing Vietnamese food but in terms of noodle soup and there Mm. are a lot of similarities and I think they've really paved the way everyone in the whole country knows and loves Wagamama Mm. um so that gives us reason to believe that we will work around the country um but it is definitely an educational piece I think we do a lot of sort of grafting, if you will, not to use the Love Island term, but (laughs) before that became a Love Island word. Um, We do a lot of (laughs) of grafting to get people in and try it. Um, Mm -hmm. So we do educational digital campaigns when we open in a a city. Um, We will just invite sort of influential people in and Mm -hmm. we take the time, sit down with them, explain the menu um, and all that. But also within our training Mm -hmm. we make sure that our staff are explaining the menu and um, how to eat the food and and what the food is, and all that kind of stuff so yeah. and and also, if you think about it, we really have to educate our staff as yeah. well when they come in. Most of them don't know what Vietnamese food is. Yeah. they just think, Oh, this would be cool, you know this would be a yeah, good gig fun. this seems fun, kind of a thing, so we are just constantly constantly um teaching people i think uh, and 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 showing them our love of the the of the cuisine and the culture as well. Yeah
0: and what's sort of holding the brand together so you know what's the kind of usps the things you're proud of it i mean you were talking about fresh every day and yep. all you know what's the sort of things you're trying to get across
1: um firstly that we care uh-huh. one of our brand values is that we give a shit um and we really care mm-hmm. and if if we see that someone within the company doesn't they're not going to last, quite frankly. And um, yeah, it's it's how much we care about making it good. It's, mm. A lot of us don't sleep at night about, you know, just making sure the quality is there. But certainly the freshness, um, you know, everything is made in-house. Our broths are made, they take 12 to 15 hours to, wow. to simmer and, and to really come into full flavor. Yeah. Um, and we don't cut any corners. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, in a lot of ways, makes it more difficult. But it's much more rewarding because I, you yeah. know, the, the food is is good at Pho and I can actually say that honestly yeah, yeah. and mean that. Um, and yeah, so that's got to be probably one of the biggest ones because I think a lot of restaurants of our size, even before they get to the, our size or just after, we'll look into cutting costs with, with central kitchens yes. and deliveries and things. And we have no plan to do that mm-hmm. in even in the near future for us at all. So yeah. that's probably the biggest one. And there's not a lot of Vietnamese around the country so yeah. it's kind of exciting that we're that and there's plenty of of little wonderful ones but mm-hmm. in terms of a scalable brand yeah we really stand out i think in that way as well. Well, it's
0: quite interesting it's kind of like you know if not that there's a race or anything but you've kind of got i suppose wagamama more like category of one as they call right. themselves um and leading the way for all pan, pan-asian in a lot of ways thai is kind of almost the more developed thought but again you've not really got loads of national nationals yet in Thai, which is quite interesting. But then you are the one, you know, there's not many other that are at your size scale and it's been a pretty brave thing to pioneer.
1: Yeah. Um, And it's also, I mean, look, in some ways it makes it a little bit easier um, Ah. because our competition, while we do still have lots of competition, we just, you know, we would probably consider them more to be the likes of honest worker and roses and those, those, Mm Other brands that are great, that are similar size to us and growing yeah. Franco Menca yeah. um, rather than any direct sort of Vietnamese. So it, yeah. that does, it's kind of a nice thing as well, yeah. as much as it makes us, you know, as you say, brave to do it. Mm-hmm. it, it there are positives in that as well.
0: And what about the communication stuff Because like, I'm always a big fan of your communications and you had one round the corner from our original office when I was at Spectacular at Marketplace, you know. Yeah. And I always just liked that you sort of did the campaigns I always thought about doing, but wasn't brave enough to do when I was at you. So the hangover campaigns and you had the folking stuff going on and whatever. (laughs) And yeah, I just thought like, so how does that process start? How do you plan for the year? What's all going on there?
1: Well, we do sort of as much planning as we can. Um, But... uh, my our digital agency and the people who work with us our mm-hmm. free our designers and all that will tell you that i'm a nightmare <laughs> uh if i change my mind and we, let's do it this way and actually i don't like the way that looks to so change my mind kind of a thing i think the flexibility mm-hmm. is really important in these campaigns that yeah. are really innovative and uh sort of brave and 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 doing what other people are not mm-hmm. um because you have to be able to say oh that didn't work let's change it a little bit yeah or i have a feeling about this kind of a thing um and also you just have to be willing to take the risk mm-hmm. i think um you know but also we're not quite big enough yet where that risk matters as much so at mm-hmm. the size of say yo sushi to do a hangover ca- campaign um that's hitting way more people mm. there's more budget way more bi- much bigger audience yeah um i think we're pretty confident with our hangover campaign londoners were gonna get it yeah kind of a thing um but yeah, it's 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 just saying let's just take this risk, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And I'm always kind of like, well, we'll just kind of pull it secretly if no one, yeah. if it doesn't. You know, I think the biggest thing is that we don't have a lot of corporate red tape. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, um, my my bosses are the, are the founders. We can make a decision with our gut. Yeah, if we th- if we think it's going to work, so far, mm. although we've made mistakes these things have worked for us and uh, if something needs to change, we can make that decision very yeah. quickly like that. So,
0: And I think, you know, again, heaping a bit of praise on you, but f- for me, you know, one of the foremost digital marketers for a long time, you know, like you were in it super early and I think you were certainly at four when I was at Pret. I might even mm, still be at a so. maybe in the beginning. Um, so with that, you know, I was always kind of looking to see what you're doing. I was always interested and you've, you're, you feel to me very, a very digital, digitally led marketer in a lot yeah. of ways. So, you know, what's going on there? What's your views on social? How are you going about it? What about influencers? You know, all that stuff would be really interesting. Well,
1: I think two things. Um, one, it's uh, our approach to influencers and mm-hmm. social comes from more my PR background, I uh-huh. think, rather than paying influencers. It's who are we already having relationships with mm-hmm. who can we build relationships with um and that really seems to work for us mm-hmm. um uh, now thankfully a lot of these people i've known for a decade or longer yeah. you know um when clark and well boy didn't have a hundred and however many thousand <laughs> followers <laughs> yeah. he you know i've known him a long time so so those relationships certainly help and as we grow across the country it's nurturing those relationships to work with influencers mm-hmm. and um, because also the influencers who are friendly with you mm-hmm. are naturally going to be helpful with you and your brand online. Yeah, yeah. The ones who are not, and they're charging you ten grand for a post, I just don't think the chances of that really helping your brand are are very high. I you know I don't it all it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't yeah. Add up. Um, now it depends on the size of the brand as well. Fo is at the size that we can do that. Yeah. If, if I was. Adidas or something, maybe I'd be singing a different tune. Yeah. Maybe there are people, you, need, you know, those, then that to me comes more into endorsements and, and things like that.
0: Yeah. I think the long term relationship thing is right, you know. And yep. um, we were doing a social media course on Friday there, and that was one of the key things that we were talking about. And it's like, when you see an influencer, like one week it's Dove Soap, the next week it's this, the next week it's that, you kind of never know where you're at with them. Whereas yeah. I think that long term, and especially if they're so emotionally attached that you don't have to pay them. Yeah,
1: they already are a lovely are in. thing. And yeah. I think something that dawned on me uh, earlier this year, or actually it was last year as well, was it doesn't have to be always sort of food and even lifestyle influencers. Mm. So we did a campaign where we targeted fitness influencers Uh um because everybody eats yep so um it's what are the parts of your brand it could be uh djs or party planners or you know um what are are the things about your brand that that goes beyond just eating and food um so so yeah so i think it's all relationship building for me it's massive but social is not the end all and be all Mm. you've got to hit all the channels, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I think that's the big thing because um, so many people get sort of lost in that fact and they're yeah. saying, oh, so, you know, it's only social they kind of go too far and they can ignore a lot of the, maybe it's street fighting tactics to get yes. people in or the more basic things, you know, um, which is really hard. And I think being the size that you are as well, you've got to be so canny about your budget. As well, right? Uh, because yeah. eh? you don't have millions.
1: Well, our budget is very small. We only have two people in the marketing yeah. team um, for twenty-eight restaurants. Yeah, um, and and I think also a restaurant group chain, large or small, mm-hmm. the local marketing has to be completely on point. Yeah. You have to be, and whether you have GMs or restaurant managers or whatever at that level that can mm-hmm. help, or you don't, you've got to do the little things in the communities. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that sure, those people that, that are are taking in those events might share mm-hmm. on social, but a lot of that is in person Just and the, the groundwork go. and hitting, yeah, hitting the ground. Um, so, and that's really a difficult thing to do. I think, you mm-hmm. know, if you look at a restaurant chain as big as Pizza Express, how do they make sure that the local marketing is working at every single site? Okay. I would come in and say, we've got to figure it out. We yeah. have to find a way. Yeah. Um, yeah, Because the social brand that lives online is... Completely different, yeah, to what's happening day to day or week to week, you know, in the restaurant. And have you community. got
0: examples about local marketing? You know, what's worked really well for you? Or
1: yeah, like I mean, that? we do. Um, like, we do little summer roll courses where we oh, teach yeah. we teach sort of pe- residents and people in the community. They come in on a Monday night, have a few glasses of fizz, learn how to yeah. make the summer rolls. Um, we go into local primary schools mm-hmm. um, and teach kids how to cook, which is really helpful, actually, because it's, it's exhausting. But 300 primary school kids going home telling their parents that they want to go pretty, eat at Pho yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, we do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we get involved in the little the local I should sorry, uh, pride events and parades, yes. and we will do food festivals and set up our tent mm-hmm. and our pho pots and, and serve soup. Um, we do uh, as much community kind of uh, CSR and uh, philanthropy work as we yeah. can. We try and connect with a, with a um, charity uh, that works for us in every sort of town. Yeah, um, uh, so all uh, different ones. Yeah, all different Blame, ones. So we have the work. we have the ones that uh, like Action Against Hunger, um, yeah. uh, that we work with, on the whole. Uh-huh. Um, but we ask our managers to um, sort of help and guide and and come up with different charities and yeah. things that we can help one on one. And you know, if they say, "Well, this is my kid's school, can we do this because this is what they support?" Then yeah, I mean, why not? Who might yeah, I to say no to that? Um, and and what about Action
0: Against Hunger? Quickly, did you did you do one of the kind of challenges?
1: Uh, I haven't done a challenge. Ah. <laughs> I um, actually have, when I started working with them was when Ben Mashler was doing the auction uh, oh. against hunger events. When those started a few years ago. Were, so you, were
0: you at the Draper Arms one of the nights? Yes, oh, yes. Um,
1: oh, and yeah, Nick from Draper's does yeah, yeah. loads with Action Against Hunger. I um, have just worked with them to get Foe involved, but also I've done a lot of their uh, PR pro bono and, and some help with them on that. So yeah. from a Faux point of view, we do love food, get food every year with mm. them. Because it makes sense. Yeah, it's, it's a great charity. You know, we everyone in the restaurant industry, I believe, should be involved. Yeah, uh, giving back to that. And yeah, I I spend sort of some of my volunteer time just helping where I can. Great. Um but I haven't done a challenge yet because yeah. I'm not insane. <laughs> I don't. I don't fancy. <laughs> I'm just That's too it, lazy. Mate, it. keeps <laughs> you. Do you so want to do it? Do you want to do it? I'm, no.
0: <laughs> not so much yeah well done everyone who's doing it but yeah. No, you money. yeah <laughs>
1: yeah how else can i help you
0: <laughs> from supersonic inc this is the mark McSee supersonic marketing podcast just a friendly reminder that this podcast is brought to you by the good folk at BDO. BDO have been long-term supporters of the hospitality sector and they are really passionate about supporting innovative entrepreneurs on their journeys and they also want to give you the right advice and support to grow your business. Just in case you don't know, BDO provides tailored advice to the sector across corporate finance, due diligence, tax and all accounting matters. BDO work tirelessly to give their clients the advice that they need when they need it to succeed. For more information on BDO and how they can take your business to the top, go to BDO.co.uk. Hashtag ad. And what's happening? Um, sort of, how are you seeing the, the, the casual dining? sector at the moment, how, how are you feeling? how are you seeing others, um, what's going on?
1: I don't know, I think last year um, around this time, or really sort of all of last year was a mm-hmm. bit more down and a bit more grim mm-hmm. than it is at the moment. I think, I hope that we're through the worst mm-hmm. of it um, and I think a lot of uh, the industry are seeing a more positive summer than last year, which mm-hmm. is great. I think that the, the good ones will survive. I think that... Okay. You know, it was just a matter of oversaturation, everyone thinking they could do it and Mm. everyone having an idea and um, seeing the successes of others Mm. and everyone just going for it, which is great. You know, the ambition was there. Um, And I know that people will think twice about starting businesses like that now. Um, But I do think that the good will survive, the ones Mm -hmm. that care and the ones that are doing good food, good service, the ones that are hitting the hospitality marks will survive. Yeah. Um, I do hope that the landlords res- will start to bring the rents down. Um, I think that's one thing that, that Jamie's
0: yeah.
1: um, showed us and taught us all, yeah. was that the, the, the rents they were paying were, were insane.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and we just can't keep carrying on like that. Mm-hmm. So um, the businesses even that are working well, we still can't be dealing with, with rents that are yeah. as high as there. Um, but I think... I have hope for it and mm. I'm an optimi- optimistic person anyway as an American. I know that chain restaurants can be good and consistent and what you want them to be yeah. all over the country. Yeah. Um, so I, who
0: stands out in the US for you?
1: Um... I would say mo's is one of my okay. favorites. It's a, um, it's sort of a similar to a tortilla, okay. or or chipotle, but um, more. I mean, obviously the states are massive, yeah, um, yeah. but Moe's is more in the south. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, Starbucks, obviously. Sure. Um, I I'm, I'm a massive Starbucks. Oh star, yeah. I, I mean, it. I love Starbucks.
0: I think it's actually better but in America than it is here. It uh, is just slightly. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But
1: um, you know, places like that that just consistently are good. Mm um and obviously Pret here is is one of the biggest ones like yeah, that. Yeah. If Pret can grow to that size and still be that good. Um and it's very different business model completely. Yeah. But it's still it what it is 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 good food and hospitality and I think that we should all be able to to sort of reach to that level and yeah. and look to them to see what they're doing and it's it, again it, there are a lot of differences so I don't want people to think that I'm comparing them exactly. No. But I know that these these chain restaurants that are consistently good Mm. can be great and can be well respected and trusted. So rather than saying, "Oh, it's a chain; I don't want to go there," I think it will flip, and people will say, "I love that place. I know what I'm getting.
0: Let's go." Well, almost if it's really good, it shouldn't matter, you know. And I think all the ones you named pretty much are, you know, before you know, Franco's and Honest and yourselves and that that feels like the group that are, you know, touch wood, going to make it. Um, No, you know, I think, unless something unforeseen, but I think, you know, slow and steady, stayed with the values, stayed consistent, you know, all these kind of things. I think also, I wondered what you thought about, like, brand irrelevance as well, I think. Does a brand endure forever in this market? Or people starting up now, do they need to say, this will work for the next five years and then I'm going to relook at it.
1: Um, I think a concept should have longevity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think a brand life always gets renewed. So forever, I don't think anyone ever says forever, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, longevity should be there. It should be able to work. And I think... Um, you know, the the places that offer kind of something for a lot of different types of people, whether that's um, you've got some healthy stuff on your menu, you've got some not so healthy stuff on your menu, mm. you, you work for sort of dates or business meetings or daytime, nighttime, that kind of a mm. thing, summer, winter, that has a lot more longevity yeah. to me um, than something that people only want every now and then. Yeah, I think that's a little bit trickier. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean certainly look every single year at our brand strategy. And, yeah. and yes, it hasn't changed much in 10 years, but there have been small changes. Yeah, the millimeters. Finished. Yeah, exactly.
0: I like the Coca-Cola logo? Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, I suppose, I guess if you were to take a business plan from day one and look at it in 15 years, 30 years, 40 years, it should be pretty similar. Mm. If not almost exactly the same. Yeah. But there are always going to be adaptations. And if a, br- a brand or a business is not willing to adapt yeah. a little bit, then that that could be sort of a, a killer as well.
0: I always think about Madonna, weirdly. It was either that or, or, you know, like Damon Albarn, like that was in Blur and stuff. Like, they just successfully changed themselves to yep. keep themselves super relevant. Yeah. Um, not sure about the eye patch latest incarnation. No, no, no. Apart from that, she's done, done right really <laughs> yeah, well, you yeah. know. But I, I, I just always had that kind of thought and I really worry that a lot of people aren't looking to brand, they're looking to branding Yeah. To try and change it. And then they've got such a big estate. They can't refit them all. So they change the logo on the website on a menu and then that's it. Yeah. And they're expecting to get out of the shit, you know?
1: And also I don't think if, uh, all brands are different in all industries Mm. and everything, but I think within the restaurant and, and industry, um, No matter how good your brand looks and feels, Mm. if the food's not good enough and the customer service is not good enough, your brand will fail. So you have to start – you have to spend time working in the restaurants, being in the restaurants, making sure the restaurants are good really before anything else. I mean, one of the things that we do if we've got um, a site that might be struggling, Mm -hmm. um, we'll say – I'll say to the operations manager, okay – we can help you with a bit of marketing and we can give you a push, but you need to let me know when you're ready. Mm. I'm not going to send the people in. We we know it's struggling at the moment. Yeah. I'm not going to just do a big PR push, a marketing push and send customers in. Then we're shooting ourselves in the foot. So yeah. talk to me in six weeks, eight weeks. Let me know when you're ready. Let me know yeah. when you're sure the service is good, the food is good, yeah. and we will then put some resource behind mm. it and send the people in.
0: Well, we got that, you know, as an agency back at Spectacular and, and people would, you know, write to and say this site's in the perform and you go, all right, okay. And you'd have a look on Google reviews and you'd go, it's it's a 2.9. Right. I was like, what are you kicking
1: people right. on the way out?
0: You know, it's like, I'm not going to just don't there's ask nothing us
1: to help. Marketing can do no. for a struggling site um, no. for a restaurant. That's just not good enough. Whether yeah. it's a site or a brand or whatever, there's nothing that marketing can do. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of times why we get a bad sort of rap, like, cause we're not magicians. Right. No. Um But I think, yeah, I mean, the reason the the way in which marketing PR works well is when you've got a great product yeah to promote. Yeah. And um, then if easy. you don't, there's no hope.
0: Well, and the ideal is that you don't need any marketing. Yeah. You know, it's exactly. just everyone I mean, just I buys spend a
1: lot of my time just saying no. Yeah, yeah. Um, rather than yes. And I think that's the brand sort of guardian yeah, yeah. as well, where you sometimes there'll be months that go by where we don't need much, um, mm. touch wood, hopefully. Um, but a lot of, we just have to keep saying no, no, no. And it's very evident um, when you see people starting to say yes, yes, yes. And then all the noise comes in mm. it's like, that's ruining you. Yeah. You know, you're doing too much. You're doing the wrong things and you're yeah. getting involved with the wrong people.
0: Well, I think it's that whole single person in a bar thing. <laughs> you know, you just look desperate, you know? Yeah. Would you agree with me, please? Would you anyway could anyone want a drink? Um yeah. you and know. all
1: these apps and things that are offering discounts and one pound this and all this stuff, I just think mm. they're great ideas. Like great for you that you developed that app and it's a great idea. And you're obviously you're a genius. Like good for you. If you can develop an app, <laughs> great. Well done. Um if we all need to do those as a restaurant industry, then we're screwed.
0: Well, I think you're commoditizing your product. Therefore yeah. your brand health is going to go out the window, isn't yeah. it?
1: And if, if you already are good value yeah, for whatever you are doing, mm. then you shouldn't need to discount. No. And I just, it makes me a bit queasy. All these apps that you can just get, Oh, it's between three and 5 PM. So it's 25% off or whatever. Yeah. It's like, Oh, well,
0: you know, there's a funny reason why you're not, busy at that times because everyone's at work or whatever right. you know so just shouldn't just we kind of know that's like our shoulder time <laughs> yeah.
1: we'll just yeah and put your foot staff take breaks when and it's good. do some prep for dinner yeah. time kind of thing do the yeah. local marketing yeah exactly you know. exactly
0: And um, what about reviews and stuff then so um i've just been sort of chatting about that this morning with yeah. one of the other guests um so yeah how are you going about that and the other thing i was thinking about actually was you were saying about the product being great and you know how to what extent are you using data to inform menus, to inform dishes, any of that?
1: We don't at all uh-huh. <laughs> um, use any data to inform. Um, so we do use Feed It Back, which is uh-huh. you know, this, the big feedback data system similar yes. to Yom, Yom Pingo. Um We don't typically... We use it more to make sure our service and food are good rather than, oh, this dish doesn't work, kind right. of a thing. Um, not to sound completely arrogant, but I think what has worked over the last 15 or so years is, is our menu, our uh-huh. product you know what we're doing Mm -hmm. so our founders and the people in our that are running our teams i think we're pretty confident that our dishes and that our food works so data informing that not so much i mean don't get me wrong if we had a a thousand reviews that one thing was completely horrific we would look into that yeah um we use the data more to inform i would say about customer service than the menu um, and I always ca- I always call them clusters. When we get a cluster of bad reviews, mm. um, one or two, still we need to look at it. When or three, four, five in a few days, in a week or whatever, that's when it's, we've got a cluster. This is an issue. Yeah. You can't deny it. Um, and yeah, so we use it to, to really. Um, Fire
0: people. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no,
0: it's yeah, good yeah. though. It's good, like because uh, we, you know, I have to say when I was at you, that was pretty impressive. Uh, you know, they made a bit of a switch internally. And I can't even mind a three letter company, whatever it was called. Yeah, um, we uh, took it was all before Peter Park, right. Um And yeah, and that was. But to be fair to them, the board that was the first thing we looked at uh, on a Monday morning, pretty yes. much before yeah, sales. Yeah, 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 and we said, right, what's red, green, and, and then, funnily enough the sales were in line with the health of always, right? You know, always. And it's like,
1: there's a reason why this is the other thing. It's like a site is struggling. Um, what marketing have we been doing? Well, no, no, no. The first question is operationally what's Mm, going on? What mm. are the reviews saying? And you're right that always, they always sort of coincide, uh, or correlate, I should say. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so we same every Monday, but I'd also say we're, we're, a lot of us are kind of obsessed with this kind of a thing, with looking mm-hmm. at it daily, yeah. you know, and um, taking a lot of time just to make sure that it's all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just think from a marketing point of view, and I don't know if it was like you for this at Pret or at Yo, but if if the marketing teams are not working extremely closely with the operations teams, mm-hmm. that's, I think, where huge mistakes are made. Massive. Um. You know, there has to be a respect amongst the the two teams, Mm. amongst each other, although one gets frustrated with the other quite easily. There has to be a mutual respect Mm -hmm. and understanding and communication. Otherwise, I I can see it just being a total nightmare.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when I I went into you, my first, I don't know, three months, I guess, was actually trying to get that relationship back because it was in in tatters. Um, And then clients I've got lately... I'm seeing a similar thing you know there's um it's very ops led and uh marketing are sort of treated as the promotions jockeys right you know and so yeah you're just trying to redress that balance yeah. a little bit
1: so uh, very much now when we do our big integrated campaigns um and we obviously any campaign we'll, we brief all the teams mm-hmm. from marketing um but now anytime we are doing something that might have an impact operationally Mm -hmm. i always ask operations first yeah do you want to do this for your site Mm -hmm. are you comfortable with it do you think you have the capacity to do it Uh, because i learned the hard way through the actual hangover uber eats campaign right that if ops are not all on board first that this will not work just fall apart
0: Um, and what about the u.s invasion slightly of halal guys Who Else is coming across Sweet Chick, Sweet Chick, egg Slut. Is that exciting for you? Sweet Sweet Chick, Chick,
1: very exciting. Well, I I worked with them on their opening in Brooklyn. Ah. Um, so I met the guys from Sweet Chick when they had a building site and did all their PR for launch and helped all that kind of stuff. And what is Sweet Chick
0: like? What was it?
1: It's Chicken and Waffles, um, which is actually born, uh, started in Harlem. It's a southern American, like Mm -hmm. very much in the south, but actually, it started. up up there. So, yeah, I mean, when we started it, it was in Brooklyn, very cool, amazing food. Um, And after I left, Nas actually became a partner of John's uh, Seymour. So brought in, it already had sort of connections and love of hip hop and rap and all that kind of stuff. But as you can imagine when Nas comes in, they do gigs there. You've got a lot more sort of that angle and the celebrities coming in and all that kind of stuff. So people, and they've grown around the States and people love them. So I think, it's really exciting for me personally because I worked on uh, them in Brooklyn and they're coming coming over here and they're just opening up around the corner from Faux actually in marketplace. Is it? Is it? Is that where it's open? Yeah, in the Carluccio's, huh. which is no longer there.
0: No shit. Yeah. I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Uh so they've already started building. Um oh, and So I'll
0: be next to Elon Cafe. Yeah. Is that still yeah, there? Yeah, it yeah. is still there, right next I to it. I just stopped being around there for a while. Yeah.
1: Huh. Um but yeah, I think it's egg, ex- an
0: egg slot? You happy with them? Yes. Yeah, you sure. like them?
1: Yeah. Great. Yeah, I, I just I haven't mean, had it yet. I think the, the really good. I mean, I think you know? what is can be a bit tricky. It it depends on the hype level that you have. um mm-hmm. Like with Din Tai Fung, I think there was a bit of hype of that Massive. all coming over, yeah, and then a bit of a letdown kind of a thing. Was Chloe
0: like that as well? Like eat by Chloe or whatever? Did did that sustain it might for a while?
1: Have, I, I, don't, I mean, what is the status of By Chloe right now? Is I don't it know. Is it good, bad, or... I
0: don't know. I mean, it was a darling... I mean, I'm still obsessed with her Instagram feed. It's yeah, it's I mean, absolutely beautiful. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think it was super popular. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know if it's stalled well, Look, I, I think what
1: um, British people don't like is when something can't meet up to the hype. And I don't think things very really ever do mm. <laughs> so i would and i'm i'm um helping the guys from sweet chick a bit just because i, I love them and i want them to do well
0: is it a franchise or the proper coming over
1: uh i think that one is it's a
0: franchise franchisee
1: kind of a situation yeah. well it's a bit of both with a bit of backing yeah because yeah, yeah. the backing and, and john the original guy Makes running sense. it um who's you know born and bred in brooklyn is coming yeah, over yeah. and doing a lot that's with exciting it. but i think what I would say to them and what I would say to any American brand coming over is natural excitement and promotion of of, of you coming over and opening is, is great. The overhyped, I mean, I think Egg Slep probably is too overhyped.
0: Wow Burgers. Yeah. How right. overhyped was that? Yeah. Just and then like, you saw the review. Yeah. It's frightening. Um,
1: yeah. You know. So I think you're already shooting yourself in the foot if you're hyping up that uh-huh. big coming over here. Um, I just don't think the people like it.
0: <laughs> Anyone done it well? Five Guys, I guess?
1: Yeah, but they didn't They didn't do their own hype. Somehow other people did it for them. Right. And they're probably one of the only people who can live up to the hype. Yeah, I love Five Guys. People just love it, mm. right? So, um, yeah, so I would say just that sort of natural sort of excitement and and what the guys at sweet chick definitely Mm. have um i don't know about the others is they want to know more about london londoners how will we work what do these people like oh they don't like that kind of a dish okay well let's change it you know they're they're willing to adapt and listen and i think it goes both ways If you're going to go over to the states and you're going to bring a brand from from london over to the states you do have to listen you can't just transplant yeah over it doesn't work that way
0: what about hawksmoor going the other way
1: Um, that makes me a little bit nervous Uh for them, which Uh they know that's how I feel about it. Um, I think it, uh, and as Will Beckett has said as well, if we get it right, it's going to be amazing. Mm. It's going to be really awesome. We'll see. I think that, I think the food is good enough and the service is good enough to do well there. It's, it's going to be about their, their attitude and their PR and how Mm. they, how they do it. Because I'm telling you right now, New Yorkers are going to be like, we don't need that.
0: Yeah, we, we do another. Yeah. yeah, we do steak. Yeah, we
1: don't. But if they take the right approach um, and they get the right people in, then I'm certain that they will mm-hmm. hit it out of the ballpark, as we say yes. in, in America, because it is good. It's great. But it's yeah. not good. It's great.
0: And what about uh, any other brands from this side of the water that you think had a shot at making
1: it? Um, I think. Right now, it's too hard to say because a lot Mm. of them are the one. Any ones that I say might work would would probably be a bit too small Mm. to consider it. Because some the bigger ones like Wagamama have already gone over there, and Yo Sushi and Wasabi. Largely just kind of. Yeah. Um.
0: Pret, I suppose Pret's one of the only ones that did it a little bit ish. Yeah.
1: You know what I? I don't know. I feel like big bit to be Asian. Asian um, sort of branded chains are not Mm. haven't really caught on in america so i don't know yeah you don't tend to because it is actually wags wasabi and yosushi that have gone and have not done that well yeah and i i don't know i don't know if it's much that kind of food is much more popular over here yeah yeah um whereas americans you know it, it would be like three mexican chains opening here the chances of them doing well would be very slim, mm, I think. Mm. So, I, I think it's the time spent in these new places as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, if you're going to go and open a place in another country with an ocean between you, yeah, I think you kind of have to dedicate quite a lot of time yeah. there.
0: And then, do you trust your teams to go, or right. do you have to be right. there yourself? And yeah. it's tough. I mean, I remember with it with the Pret stuff. You know, when it wasn't going so well, and
1: why uh, do you America, think it wasn't going so well there at first? They took their eye off the ball.
0: Yeah. So well, it was so just the that way, split thing. Right? Like, yeah. um, you needed Clive, pretty much, to be in both places. Yeah. And then you go over and you tend to that fire. Yeah. And, you know, your own backyard catches fire and you've got to, you know, not that it was as dramatic as that, but the, yeah. it was just the the pretness hadn't spread across. It wasn't the right team, I believe, yeah. you know, at the time. So once... You know, Uncle Clive went over. Yeah. everything was all right. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, as it tends to be with him.
1: And that's the thing. I think um, you've got to be honest with yourself mm. about those special people. If they can't go and make the time to do it, the chances are it's probably not worth it. Yeah. Um, I think that a lot of people at Foe would agree that if Stephen and Juliet didn't have the time to go elsewhere and do it, it just wouldn't work. Yeah. They've got that special sauce, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's no denying that.
0: Yeah. And what about grocery and line extensions and all these things? Are you going into that kind of area? Have you got saucy No plans to. Uh
1: Um, It's a bit tricky for us, you know, because, um, and I don't want to get too deep into this because uh, I'll just, you know, it'll be a bit painful, but I think it's a bit tricky for us uh, doing Vietnamese cuisine and doing, if we were to do a cookbook, I think that we would be given a hard time because we're, they are English people doing Right, Vietnamese. okay, so
0: there's a racial appropriation yeah. thing. Yeah, and okay. it's a funny
1: uh-huh. thing that doesn't happen with Oaxaca, uh, for instance, that's, you've got the, uh, Thomasina mm-hmm. and Mark are not are, are not Mexican. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got, you know, the Pete's Pilgrims dudes are not Italian. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, let equally those places could have cookbooks if they don't already and mm-hmm. sauces and things and they wouldn't be given a hard time so we just kind of know that that wouldn't work for us people would it, it, for some reason the restaurant does thank uh, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but i j- we, i think we just know that although we could come up with a good product put into grocery or a good uh, a great cookbook yeah that people would see it as cultural appropriation yeah. um, so we kind of just we're happy to leave that yeah. for now yeah. um which is a shame though i think because i think we could come up with some good stuff
0: and what's uh, the sort of plans for you? What are you thinking? Well, what's the dream? What's the final job?
1: Oh, I have no idea. All that stuff. I have no idea. We, we could, we my my dream ultimate dream. I mean, my now. ultimate dream is to own a super yacht.
0: Right. Yeah. So, what, what did he start up?
1: Oh, a lot. <laughs> I mean, I think it's half a million to go on one for a week. Oh,
0: okay. That, wow. Maybe
1: I'll start with that. Yeah. I'd love to go on one go for, for a week.
0: Go for a week. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can crowdfund. Um, yeah. we, we could but launch actually, the crowdfund fund on the podcast. I'd love that. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. You know, I mean, I just got, last year I just got my residency and I'll be oh, getting congratulations, my, congratulations. my British passport in a month or two, Great. so you can't kick me out. <laughs> um I I don't know. Um mm-hmm. yeah, we could brainstorm it I guess. I I mean I love hospitality. I love the indus- industry. I love doing what I'm doing. I love working with um with women as well and sure. I think there's something to growing people's careers in hospitality and and helping with that.
0: I think that's a really great thing to be doing. I think yeah. it's, you know, hugely undervalued and hugely under-resourced and it just it makes me dead sad that yeah. you know panels that I'm doing shows that I'm going to speak in and you're just like, yeah, it's just surrounded by, you know, white males.
1: And I think, yeah, I think it's gotten better. It's gotten Mm. better, certainly. Um, And there were so many wonderful women in in the industry. Mm. Um, But yeah, I'm passionate about all those things. But um, I think with Faux, I have a a little bit further to take it for Mm. myself, personally. Um, I'd like to see a few more challenges. Yeah. Um, And then, who knows? I'm sort of, I'm open.
0: Yeah. That'll as long as it
1: gets me to a super yacht. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll keep that in
0: mind. Right, so what, what about delivery stuff then? How are you standing on all that?
1: We recently, oh, I don't know if recently, yeah, I guess recently in the last few months signed an exclusive deal with delivery. So that's, okay. we are working with them exclusively. We have decided to say, rather than, you know, saying that these people are, Oh, you know, yeah. mo- rather than moaning about them, we're we're, much, we're yeah good. yeah we're much more positive. How Just- can we be a partner with them? How can mm-hmm. we make this work? Uh, which is funny now that it's flipped. If we have a bad week of delivery sales, we're on the phone with them, going, "What? What's wrong with you? What's going on? What's happened? It must mm-hmm. be your riders, you know, uh, this and that." Um, but delivery is something that is continuing to grow. I mean, this is the other thing. All these restaurant brands, right? We've we're. All- I assume most people are growing in their delivery Mm. right now. And then it's going to plateau at some point because people are going to stop being as excited about it. And it can't grow forever. It's going to plateau. And that's when we're all going to be going, oh, what next?
0: Well, I've not even thought about that. That's an amazing point. And the other thing is back to the greed of the industry or greed of investors. Guess what's going to happen? Oversupply with all the dark. So if every smart restaurant operators then going to have within their offering oh, we'll have a vegan dark brand yeah. we'll have a tortilla one we'll have a da, 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 da. you know yeah we're just going to end up in the same position it, yeah we?
1: it's too much and i think for us it's it's let's keep our eye on the prize let's mm. not get too distracted we can be sort of creative and risk-taking in our, our yeah. marketing and um we can look at technology and look at other things it's let's let's keep a focus here let's keep our You know, let's Mm -hmm. keep doing what we're doing um, well. And so I think that works with us with delivery as well. We've chosen one outlet, one partner. We're trying to make it work really well. And that's what we're focused on. Mm -hmm. Um, But we certainly know that at some point that is going to level out. Yeah. Um and we've been trying to say that to our investors as well, just yeah. so you guys know it's not going to carry <laughs> on forever. Um but also knowing that once that levels out, okay, let's carry this this on. Yeah. You know, this is where we're comfortable with. Yeah. Now, and this is this is part of the business. It's part of the business. Yeah. There's no denying it.
0: And what about um biggest wins? So what are you been so chuffed with? You know, what's what's been the kind of highest achievement?
1: Um within info or at Just, all
0: yeah. career wise
1: uh career wise i think uh my biggest win for me is that i've sort of gotten myself over to the uk mm-hmm. um and and managed to it's a difficult thing for either way you're going to get the job to stay sponsored to yeah. get, get the visa yeah. and to be able to stay within um and be a proper sort of expat yeah obviously i was thrilled to receive the the rmi yeah. awards um which is which is great. It's, it's such a nice honor. I mean, and the website, the digital website, campaign. Yeah, website. Uh, the, well, actually, you know what? Probably the best one was the Katie. Aha. Um, uh-huh. Best uh, marketing campaign. Was that I think two it was. years ago, one year three, ago, three, two or three years okay. ago. Uh-huh. Because we were so excited about that Hangover campaign, uh-huh. we knew we were onto something really good, yeah. and we put a lot of hard work into it. It was yeah. it was our team and our agency as well. Yeah. And we really put a lot of hard work into that. I think I may be judged though. Well, thank you very much. That's right. Um, the, um, yeah. So the,
0: that's a fancy night as well, not yeah, it? Yeah, and the KD, it nights. felt,
1: it felt, it was a fancy night. It felt like a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, uh, selfishly, it had nothing to do with the operations of the restaurant as such mm. we win so many wonderful awards which i still would love to keep winning yes, and we yes. so grateful for um but um you know there's no denying the marketing campaign award yeah. came from the marketing team yeah. and so it was that was just a really nice um honor to That's have cool. um, and yeah and as we continue to grow across the country just filling the restaurants up mm-hmm. um it's great it feels like we all work together to make it make it happen so
0: and what about bad stuff? What about you oh. know shockers that you can give some advice on? You know, yes. for so others don't make the same mistake. <laughs>
1: um, well, the first one would be growing too quickly. Just don't do it. Uh-huh. I mean, if unless you have somehow have a team of millions, yeah, don't do it. Or minions, yeah, <laughs> millions of minions. <laughs> then don't do it. It's not worth it. Uh huh. Um, what else i would say in terms of all the social and all the 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 crises that can happen there we've been through our share of it absolutely um fogate happened i don't know if you know if you recall fogate happened about five or six years ago when when we it the news story was that we had um tried to trademark the word foe and were bullying a bunch of small businesses into changing their name. So the news story, there was some truth to it, but the news Mm. story and the Twitter storm and the social storm was Mm. largely, um, a miscommunication. What I've learned from those things happening on social and people, the, that's the storm brewing Mm. and it just gets out of control. My biggest piece of advice and the thing I've learned is just be honest. Say, Say when you've made a mistake say when you're sorry and do that sooner than later Mm. don't go into a room and talk about it for five days and then come to the conclusion that we made a mistake yeah decide very quickly are you going with this or are you not Mm. in your gut do you feel good about it or do you not and are we you know are we apologizing or not and get that out there as soon as possible
0: that's great advice because weirdly uh, i've had some advice in the past that you know actually you need to let the fire burn and then you go in. Yeah. So I think that's really good advice to just get yep. on it straight away and, and, manage the situation as soon as
1: possible. I think just get the important people in a room, mm. figure out what's right and wrong, yep. whether no one, you know what you believe mm-hmm. and just, yeah, the sooner, the sooner, the better, even if that means it's two o'clock in the morning yep. and that's when the statement goes out or whatever. The sooner, the better, and that I think comes from a PR sort of crisis management point of view, yeah, yeah. as well. But yeah, it's five days later; like you've already that storm has you have no idea how big it can become.
0: Yeah, and also you just get that sort of rubbernecker on the on the motorway, you know, kind of yeah. thing where people are like, "Oh, I'm going to get involved in this as right, well," exactly. and I'm going to, you know, shut it down, just yeah, yeah. shut it down. Yeah, yeah.
1: And uh, a lot of the times, I think that that does mean saying we've made a mistake here. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are willing to, people can be horrible on, online, absolutely, but they're willing to listen if you're going, sorry, we just made a mistake, that was not right. Yeah. Then it's amazing how how quickly it just goes away.
0: Yeah, me a culpa, done. Yeah. You know, that's and it. my phone, you know, sorry. Yeah. You know, we
1: moved on to the next thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The next gate. <laughs> yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> right. So, um, I think we need to let you go and chill in your hotel. Yes, which is conditioning. I, well, I, I might get stuck here, so yeah, I uh, might I be joining you for room. a bloody it's beautiful meal. Beautiful, I this know room. it's great in it. And there's, a wee, there's a wee couch there, um, so the rates are very reasonable. Of yeah. Um so uh, we do this wee thing at the end, called market of ten, and we've got a couple of wee questions. So, okay. best city to eat in? New York. Uh-huh. Aha.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just it. it uh some of the best restaurants i mean london has the best restaurants um in the world i think for sure um but new york has the vibe mm. you cannot it, it just cannot be exciting. you know it's, it's the best thing in the world
0: best restaurant
1: the best re- my best restaurant ever 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 is the lazy flamingo on sandamel island oh okay it is a sort of a beach hut um, they serve fresh seafood and uh, it's just, you go there after a long day at the beach and it's just wonderful.
0: And that's near to home? Yes, ah, in Florida. Nice. <laughs> and best dish, what do you crave?
1: Pizza. Uh-huh. All the time. Any, any time, any type, any <laughs> kind, every everything. day. I have to try every single day not to eat pizza. <laughs> You're <a> recovering <laughs> yeah, pizza-holic. I am.
0: I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm staying. Okay. Well, I can try and sort you out some. Yeah, pizzas. Or pizza eaters <laughs> anonymous or something. Um, any particular brand that you love? Is that your go-to? Are you into the new leopard spotty type ones, or are you into more of the traditional? Traditional. Th-
1: traditional. I mean, I love um, Voodoo Rays. Uh-huh. Love, love, love. Um, but I like it all. Honestly, yeah. I'll go for a Domino's. Give yeah. it to me. I, I just love it.
0: I'm happy. Yeah. <laughs> More Domino's than Papa John's. Not yeah, so, definitely. Not so you know what's Jones.
1: interesting though? Papa John's is better in America is than it? Domino's. But Domino's is definitely better here. Ah,
0: interesting. Mm. Uh, go-to drink. What's your favourite drink?
1: White wine.
0: Any type?
1: Um, really, honestly, it could be any cold white wine. I know yeah. that makes me sound like such a basic <laughs> bitch. Um, or a margarita. A good margarita. Yes. Yeah. Nice. A well-made margarita with salt.
0: Yeah. Good. Last question. Worst restaurant. Where have you had a shocker or what do you hate at all
1: costs? Oh, I try and avoid bad restaurants. <laughs> um it doesn't happen often. Um Gosh, I don't. It's a difficult one. I can't think of any off the top of my head, other than I was just in Majorca for a weekend, um, and the restaurant in the hotel was horrific, and that was, that was actually probably the the first bad meal I've had in a really long time, mm-hmm. um, and it was just awful. So um, I don't want to put anyone else on the spot, though. Uh-huh. So I don't know. I don't. I. I'll, I'll I'll have a think about that, but okay. I try and avoid, and I, I have a good sense mm. for these things too. If I think it's going to be bad, I'll leave. Right. Yeah. I, I sort of get <laughs> I have my, kind my, my, of a, my yeah, I'm just, I kind of have just, a way of going, this. you know, this isn't going to be good. I'll have a drink and then I'll go. Yep. Um, so I don't want to, you know, talk myself up, but I'm pretty good at avoiding those bad meals. Yeah.
0: Good sense. <laughs> yeah. Good sense. Spidey sense. Spidey sense. <laughs> cool. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming in on no, this. Thank you. Crazy hot day. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just so glad we spent some proper time together yeah, because we're always fleeting. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll put some stuff in the podcast notes, especially about your home restaurant. Yeah, and um, yeah, I just wish you all the luck in the world. I'm just so excited about what you're gonna oh, be thanks. doing next, and yeah, just a huge, huge admirer and fan of you. So oh, we thank need you more very much, and likewise, in
1: <laughs> right? Take it easy. Thank you, peace, bye-bye. <laughs>
0: It was just wonderful to hear all of the things that she had to say. Really enjoyed, actually, the Mark out of 10 feature. She gave some really considered and different answers than what I was expecting. So that was really exciting to to get under the skin of that. Also, we've been playing around with a new Kardashian studio light. So we're both looking um, really good in our photos and a little boomerang and stuff. So we'll share that as well. A huge thanks to all of you for listening. Really appreciate it. Thanks to everyone that's rating and reviewing. Just been incredible. Massive thanks to our sponsors BDO for the support since day one to really help me make this podcast even better and get it out to even more people. So thanks so much BDO. Huge thanks to Gaz and Gabby for putting the whole thing together week on week. Really appreciate it. So this is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Thanks so much for listening bless you for you know sharing it with your friends and hopefully there was enough value that this is really once again going to help your brand boom